Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Good morning. I just have a little interlude because I never like to interrupt my husband on a Sunday morning. How about you? It's never safe. Um, so, <laughs> I'm going to proceed him. <laughs> then he'll, ooh, I better go fast. Uh, hey, this is an impression I had um, during the worship. So, in the surrender, uh, one of the things I, I thought about was how often music takes us uh, farther than our hearts have gone. And we say a lot of things in worship that we actually haven't experienced and I don't know about you, but I say things that I'm not willing to experience. <laughs> like, you know, I loved all, I surrender all. You know, that's such a beautiful song. And one day the Holy Spirit said, you really need to do a lyric change on that for yourself personal. Your personal application for that song is, I surrender some. <laughs> and some of what I've surrendered, I will take back. <laughs> but, of course, that was only me. So on the surrender song, the impression I had this morning was that, you know, we are really in a new season, aren't we? And everything has shifted. And I felt like uh, we're desperate for in what the Lord was telling me this morning. We're desperate for encounter. Um, we really need an encounter with the Lord. And a lot of us, uh, I'll speak, I usually have to speak about for myself. It's not just because I'm self-centered, although I am self-centered is that I need an encounter with myself. Now, I'm not, I've been not willing to actually face myself and know myself. I don't know if I thought there was something horrible in the closet that I didn't want to know and that God didn't know. I don't know. So part of my deal is encountering me. Because you see, if I'm not willing to encounter me, how can I be the fullness of the me that God made me to be? Actually, this encounter, how can I develop the marvelous things that he has predestined and placed in me already in my spirit? How can I be those things if I'm not able to cooperate with the spirit of God to become the fullness of all he's already made me? So I think uh, the Lord was saying to me in the surrender thing today, he said, are, uh, are we willing to surrender our sense of reality. Because a lot of our reality has been uh, imprinted, uh, preformed in us. And probably if we thought about what it is that we think we believe, we would find that we actually don't believe a lot of the things that we still think we believe. And so it's, I think this in this governmental shift, this time of transition, uh, I felt like the Lord said, are you willing to, in, in a way, retake uh, your leap of faith? Are you ready, to, again, to let go of everything that has dictated your reality and the things, even though some of my thinking, honestly, is insane. If I stop and listen to what I'm saying to myself, I'm like, bizarro. That is so bizarre. But I'm usually going at such a pace that I am so disconnected from what I say to myself, what I meditate on, what I believe, 
that I am living because I believe it. So this is a retake time. It's a time to back up, to actually consider the things that are dictating our reality and begin to disconnect from the things that are no longer true or were never true. And what he's saying, I thought this morning, was uh, it's really scary to fully surrender, especially to surrender our thinking systems, um, even what we believe about everything, about the Lord, about our life, everything. Can I, am I willing to step in this leap of faith over the edge and cast myself entirely into him? Not just onto him to be a lifeboat to keep him from sinking, <laughs> but am I actually willing to dive in? Dive into him. Dive into the depths of Christ. Wow. Am I willing? Because we have so much that's already ours that we can't, have not been able to lay hold of. He's, it's already laid hold of us, but he's saying you haven't been able to get what's fully yours. I saw a picture, and it was as though we were sitting in a bank in front of the guy that writes your loans or something. And I just felt like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'll never qualify to get the abundance that that's the banker has. And the Lord said, no, 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 you've actually been, oh, my goodness, pre-qualified. Oh, my God. So we are actually pre-qualified already. And we have these riches and these treasures, and they're already, we just have to show up. I don't like to say that word, but it really, duh. So anyway, uh, you know, I could go on and on and on, but I better not because my marriage is at stake. So. Start embracing one. 
right away. I like that. <laughs> How many people are really sure about anything? Anybody? There's a piece in that, believe it or not. I think the, we used to call it ignorance is bliss, but there's a piece in not being sure, too, because we're trying to be sure of everything, and, and, and I think the reason behind being sure is that I don't want to be wrong, right? One day God taps me on the shoulders, who's this God of right you're serving? 
why do you need to be right? Well, it's better than being wrong, don't you think, Lord? And he said, and that gains you what? Well, probably the pride to say I'm right and you're wrong. How about that one? <laughs> so what really winds up happening is he said, I made you righteous. I, I didn't make you right. And so we struggle to be right, and, and God said, no, 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 righteous. Why don't we go with righteous and you stay there? Okay, I'll stay there, I'll stay there. And he covers you, covers you with his righteousness. I always thought, how good that is. So at any rate, um, I was uh, really discouraging to the musicians last night, so I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to try to be encouraging to you guys. <laughs> I'm just, I, I am making fun, but I need to. Um, I know that you had a little conference here couple of days, uh, basically about being unbound. Am I right about that? How many feel bound? Hmm. How many feel, how many feel unbound? <laughs> That's getting better, isn't it? We don't know freedom from nothing because we have always been in exile. That's why we still meet once a week, by the way, is because we're in exile. The Jews met once a week because they were in exile. They used to meet once a month because of the feasts and so on and so forth. And when the Christian church started, it was in exile, and it was underground, and it met once a week. And they kept telling each other, it's okay, man, it's going to be okay. So we're still doing, it's okay, man, it's going to be okay. Um, and we're looking around, okay, from what? We no longer have an oppressor that's visible, put it that way. We have his, the oppressor nowadays is invisible. Uh, but then we have an invisible God who's oppressed the oppressor. And so, and he took his, my, my favorite story is, if Satan has been defeated and disarmed, then this guy with no feet and no arms is chasing you around. Right. What damage can that possibly do to your life? Um, does that make sense? <laughs> right, right. Just checking you. <laughs> my fear is my enemy because too frequently I didn't I didn't realize I was afraid of things and Satan or the enemy has been using that power against me so he says if you could just turn your fear to be a, a fear to God and the enemy doesn't stand a chance once the fear of God starts to really rise up in your heart there's nothing that will actually frighten you on this earth is anybody aware of that I know we're aware of that. And so he's, he's been good about, you know, we go around places and hurt people's feelings all the time. And for the longest time, God blinded me to their rejection. So I was like, oh, they love this message, don't they? He said, oh, yeah, they love it. <laughs> I didn't realize that was what that was meant to be. But. So I wrote this with the intent understanding who I was. We'll talk about that if you're okay with it, because we're all somebody. Just like a bird that's born to fly, he leaves the nest, reaches for the sky. Just like the sun, won't be denied 
that what it means to do what you're made for in the nest learning how to soar that's the hope I lost failed expectations too much cost that's the
Who struggles with what you're meant for? Anybody? You have times, I have times where I'm really positive. And then I'm not so positive, you know. Because some things happen to us being in the place we belong or doing the things we're meant for. But what we haven't been seeing is God meant you. We keep thinking he meant us for something, but he meant you. <laughs> he meant you, yeah, too. I thought, for what? He said, no, I just meant you. I, I made you because I meant you. That's called intent. He has intent. And he never messes up with intent. He's always got good intention. Um, we can delay that intent, but we cannot stop it. The truth is, I don't really not, I'm not sure we can actually delay it. I think that's a little too much pride in my personal feelings. I still think he just does what he does, and it's all going exactly as he planned. Exactly. But there's trouble in other areas. Yes, exactly as he planned. Does that seem, you know, we look in the world, we're still looking at too small of a picture. I know you know what I mean, but I we so we are all in the same kind of all in the same kind of lost area thinking if I could just be what I was meant to be, then everything would be cool, right? Or if I could just get the time to do or be what I was meant to be. How about that one? That's my, my other favorite. Is if I could get the time, I would really be what I was meant to be. And so according to God, are you, are you guys okay this morning? There's a strong presence of the Lord. I'm just trying not to offend that. That's all. As he leads us into what it takes to please the king. But there's, there's a deep message in this place and in this house. And I want to be careful not to play around with that message. It's, a, it's really a... a very important one, especially the way you guys are now and where you are at this time. And I won't mess with you too much on that because that's too, too big a subject. But uh, there's something the Lord's talking about uh, and has been recently quite a bit uh, concerning uh, where we are in this picture. You understand the picture of God, the Jews, the time, and so on and so forth. We're in this picture you know, we vary from I'm the entire picture to I'm a dirt ball in this picture. You know what I mean? We, we don't seem to be able to land where we belong in it, you know, as one new man. It's one new man based on two other men, <laughs> if you will. Uh, and it's not because we're not them, and it's not because we are them. It is because we are us, but they're in there anyway. The long and the short of it. Jesus kept prophesying constantly how we are in part of this. And he said it all the time. He just said it in, in masked terminology. One of my favorites, and I have all this written down. I should be studying or looking at it and telling you all of the intelligent things that I found, but I'm still. And he said something very fascinating. He went to the, do you remember the wedding at Cana? That was his first, what we call his first miracle. Uh, isn't it interesting, the first miracle is water into wine. 
Just an interesting thought. Um, what would you like to do for your first miracle on earth? Hmm. I think we need more wine, so. <laughs> you see what I mean? And so why would that be the first, the first thing out of the chute for God to do through his amazing son? But there's more to this than we understand. First of all, the wedding was in Cana, which I didn't never, you know, that blew over my hairspray. And I just said, hey, what's, you know, what's the deal with Cana? It turns out that Cana was mostly Gentile because they had been taken. There had been wars back and forth. That city was mostly Gentile. So Jesus goes into a Gentile, mostly Gentile city, though it's in Israel. He He's now in there about to perform his first act. Do you understand what I'm getting at? He didn't say, oh, yeah, it's only for you guys over here, and then I'll bring in the idiots later. That's not what this was. He started out both. He started by ministering. And here's the interesting part of that entire thing. Uh, you know, the, um, the conversation he had with his mother. And her words are, and I, I, I need to look at so you can hear exactly what it is, but her words were, they are, they're out of wine. But the actual translation is those who are coming. There is not enough for those who are coming. That's her actual words. That means they weren't out of wine. That means there's not going to be enough for the Gentiles that are coming. So he makes 60 gallons of wine. Does anybody think there's a few extras coming? Is that making any sense to you? And so when I look at that and I look at that, he's prophesying. He is outright. He said, woman, he doesn't call her mother. It's his mother. Woman, he says to her, this is not my time, not yet my time. And she's basically saying, yeah, it is. And he complies. Isn't that interesting? Do you, you catch all of this right here? When I'm, you know, I'm a guy that, oh, Lord, anything, your will, let your will be done. Are you going to vocalize your will done? No, 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 I'm just, your will be done. Well, then why are, we're not having a conversation. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I'd like to do whatever you want, man, do whatever you want. Does, does that ever make you feel bad when somebody says, do whatever you want? Does, I don't work good with that. Do you know what I mean? I work good with, I want this. Well, you can't have that. Okay, I'm good with not having that, but I'm good with voicing it. We have scriptures. The Bible is full of someone voicing what they want. They may not have gotten it. Jesus in the garden is no, no small version of voicing what he wanted. And that's a whole other sermon. That's, that's because we do not yet clearly understand the mercy of God for the son, his own son, who came for a single purpose to save this earth, saying, can I get out of this? Do you understand that? If this cup can pass from me, he's saying. So that means God's got a mercy we don't yet know how to access, that he would even bother asking. Anybody? Moses changed, changed God's mind. I mean, God was ready to smoke all of the, all of the Jews right there on the spot. And Moses pleaded with him, change your mind, dear God. And God does. He changes his mind. That means it's possible. Anybody? It's possible. Hmm. David asked him to change his mind about killing the son that he had with Bathsheba, that he illegally had. Understand? Where did he get the nerve? Would you have the nerve to ask God 
to do something for you. Had you been a rapist and a murderer, would you ever forgive yourself in a lifetime? Anybody? We wouldn't forgive whoever that person was, would we? Now, we've got something to learn about the mercy of God, don't we? That's why I want to I want to live right between the wings on the mercy seat. I want to be there. I want mercy to be the first thing out of my mouth, not the last after I've been convicted. I want it to be the first thought I have. Like, oh, man, mercy. Because I needed it. Anybody here? I needed mercy. Seriously needed mercy. And when I should have been beaten... I was blessed. I mean, how in the world is that possible? Anybody thinking like that? So, so my, in my, you know, in my small mind, I kept thinking. I think there's more places that Jesus was, in fact, giving us an opportunity to see the wisdom of his, of the future he's speaking to us. So he, he, we get all the way to Revelation. There's thousands of them in Scripture. We get all the way to Revelation in his, the Lamb's Book of Life. Did you ever notice the Lamb's Book of Life? And there's names written on the back. I don't know why that caught my attention. Anybody see that? The names written on the back. They ran out of paper in heaven? Or, um, is that what we're talking about? They couldn't have known how many pages it required to write all the names that are coming. I mean, is that what he says? And I'll, I thought, there's more coming than was originally planned. There's more names written on the back of the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't, I mean, do you write on the back of your book? That's all about the author on the back, you know what I mean? It's not more of the text that's on the inside. Plus, in any really beginning, we, we got into this conversation the other day. Our names mean something. So my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Don't, don't think like, oh, I hope, I hope mine is. Don't do that. Of course it's in there. But it's, there's more. you think that's all that's in there? Is just your name? You think that's all that's in the Lamb's Book of Life? Don't you think who you are is written there, too? Hmm, so if I could sneak a look at my name, I might find out who I am. Hmm, now that book wasn't one of those secret books. That was not the one that's all locked up. Do you understand that? That one's readable. That one we can get a peek at through seeking the Lord. Isn't that funny? Would you like a peek at who you are? Would you like to get a look at that? I used to love that stuff. I was all weird. <laughs> I want to look in your book. Show me who I am. <laughs> I want to stare at the names that I don't really know. I want to see who they are. I want to know where they're going. Alphabetical eyes of the D's with the D's, or are they as my life changed to serve me, or are they just listed 
arbitrarily They all mean something to the king of kings Where is my name On page 5003 Where is my name Right next to my last day of shame Where is my name? In the Lamb's Book of Life And where is yours? I hope mine is written twice Once I felt it was important to be born again, but now I see I need to be born again, again. Every time I see from earthly perspectives, I realize my born again status is slipping. For born again means I see from God's light, and I look you think? Do you think God is just going to hear? <laughs> you think God's going to make just okay wine? All right. Whoops, my thing's going nuts here. Sorry. At any rate, 
how long does this go? Um, oh, is that what it is? Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I would just totally get lost in blank spaces in my little brain, my blanket brain. <laughs> the, uh, <coughs> what's I've been up on the mountain uh, for quite a while, and uh, um, that's really great. I think it's fun and awesome, wonderful, except you kind of lose track of things, and you truly become bipolar after a while. <laughs> and... Um, no matter how you like it or what you think of it, it's going to happen to you anyways. But being around God for long periods of time is sort of like, um, it's sort of like a, um, an irresponsible daydreamer. Your life sort of drifts off into spaces that you didn't think it would be. Um, and you, you kind of get lost in what you're doing and what you think you're doing and so on and so forth. And... There is something coming for all of us where he is beginning to create, and I would call it the best I know how, the wall that's needed. A wall is needed of praise. It's called praise and intercession. That's how the wall, Nehemiah built the wall. He used burnt stones, by the way, which probably would qualify for several of you in here, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and when you build a wall with burnt stones, you can't destroy that wall because it's been burned. Does that make sense? Uh, it, uh, stone is a funny product. You can chip at it and chisel at it and shape it and do things. Uh, but when it's been burnt, man, chipping and chiseling at it is very, very hard. Uh, and it's, you can't really break through, and it breaks in weird places, so you can't break it. And so what happens, in, uh, so the wall is built, and, and if you know the times of, of Nehemiah, uh, that praise, Judah was the tribe that built the wall, which means praise. But then they were attacked several times, so behind every praiser who was laying stone by stone was an intercessor. So they stood with swords drawn at the back of the praise. So what God is now awakening in most of you is that spirit of intercession uh, that is drawing your sword, which means pulling the word of God out. You're drawing your sword and you're preparing because the wall has to be built so that the purposes of God can be fulfilled on the inside with watchmen uh, ready at the ready of the wall. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's, it's all not a brand new thing. It's been happening a long, long time. So he's been doing this and preparing you for this for, for some time. All of us, all of us are in this uh, together. But uh, the tabernacle on earth, David's tabernacle, and then later the temple. Uh, but David's tabernacle was an imitation of the tabernacle in heaven. Isn't that interesting? So that's all going on in heaven. Making sense? Make you nuts? Are you okay? So here's what's sort of brewing, and I'll give you as briefly as I can because I... Well, hopefully I'm not making you crazy. Okay. Um, the Lord... Um, started to show me some things about what's going on between here and there. How many know that what's going on in heaven is going on in earth? So what's been bound here is bound there. What's been loosed here is loosed there. I thought it was in reverse. I always thought what's been loosed in heaven is loosed here on earth. That's not actually true or we'd be a little different than this. Correct? If what's been loosed there got loosed here, this might be a great place to be. 
it is a great place to be, actually. Um, so what we're doing is that we're not realizing that we're actually binding God. We're not, we don't understand that, that we're actually binding with our, like, unbound. Here you were just in a meeting called Unbound. Why? Because you're trying to unbound, if you will, heaven over us. Is that making any sense to you? We have no idea how we're connected between these two places. We actually never left there because some of us, some of us, of me, is still in heaven. Some of me is here and some of me is still in heaven. It's proven by my name, written in his book. So when I'm in God's heart, I'm still in heaven. Understand that? As are, as are you. So Jesus is in my heart, Christ in me, hope of glory, and I'm in God's heart. That means the Son and the Father are still connected, even though I got the Son in here, as you do. I still have the Father is still connected to the two. So I'm still in heaven, and I'm still on earth at the same time. A little weird? That's the bipolar thing, so don't get nuts. Um, we're all actually a little, we actually should be a little bipolar, because we are really not recognizing what we can call on. You see what I mean? Because what we're doing is playing around. Dude, i got to fight this out myself. Might want to think about calling on the greatest power in the universe. I don't know. Might be an idea in the middle of all of our mess is to call on that power. Do you, am I making any sense to you? So we do, yeah, give me the power. Well, who, who, who's calling? Well, that's the first time I've called. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm calling. Does anybody, when you somebody calls, you know, solicitors call on the phone. They try to ingratiate themselves within the first few seconds. Hey, man, what's happening? Hey, Betty, you know, blah, blah, blah. my new favorite email that comes. Hey, Don, you know, long time no see. I've never heard of this person in my life, and yet it's a long time no see. I'm supposed to go, oh, gee, I must know this person, and I forgot, right? So we're trying to make a phone call to heaven for the first time, wondering why someone's asking who's calling. Do you understand what I mean? And so don't be offended if someone said, who, who is this calling? You're going to have to reestablish the connection between here and there. Everything's already there. Names there, written down. All I got to do is take a look, and it's all there. Now, does that seem like, well, God knows everything? Yes, he does, but we are the ones who don't know everything about what he knows about everything that we know don't know about the everything he knows. So <laughs> in, between, in between us, we're going to have to remake that connection. So that the second, because anybody you call every day, a conversation does not have to be long to get understood. Is that correct? It's a short conversation. Hey, man, what's happening? Yeah, I'm doing good. Took the kitchen apart. Thank you. Uh, you know, I know what's going on over there. The place is a total mess, and everybody's mad. I know. You know what I'm saying. And so you can figure that out. It, it doesn't take a second. So you call heaven because why? Because we're in terrible need down here. I'm sick or I'm broken or the world is under war or something is happening. We need you. Who's calling? Is that making any sense? So what's happening is that we think, well, I don't want to bother God with my mundane talk. Well, guess what relationships are made out of? Mundane, stupid talk. I say stupid things to God all the time. Occasionally he said, that's too stupid. Um, um, but the rest of the time, he's, he's good about talking. He likes to talk. Isn't that funny? 
And he, you know, I'll say a lot of things. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about it? He never answers those questions. He just starts talking about the borders in Israel or something. Because his life, his thoughts are higher than mine. <laughs> I wonder how much higher. Probably not on this realm. We can even fathom how much higher his thoughts and ways are. So what we have is access to the most powerful entity that's ever, ever been and ever will be by moving with it. It's an action. It's a movement. It's an action. I think Wade Taylor was the guy that... The tiniest movement right here is moving something in the air. It looks like dead space right here, but it has a name for it, and I think it's called black or dark matter. It's moving something. Even though it looks like nothing is here, that moving something moves something all the way to heaven. So God feels that. Does that make sense? He especially feels this. When this starts to move, he feels that. When that starts to move from there, we feel that. You, you see what I'm saying? And so all of these all of this to say, what does it look like, Lord, for you to enthrone yourself on our praise? I may have told you about that before. So if he's enthroned on our praise, which is, looks like a little bit of a patchwork quilt, anybody know what I mean? So when this church starts to lift up its voice, X number of people begin to sew a little patch into a quilt that's being lifted off the planet. And as it rises up to him, it comes closer to his throne. Anybody know Malachi scripture in four, Malachi 4 about an angel is here writing down what we're saying about God? Did you know that scripture? That's a great one. It's worth the reading. Uh, basically, it says there's an angel here writing in the book of remembrance from those who fear the Lord when they talk about him. From those who fear the Lord. When they talk about him, somebody's going, hey, man, dig what they said about you. And then later, that arrives in heaven. Listen to what they were saying down there at Eastside Church today. That's why we're held accountable for every word we say. It's been recorded. Isn't that pleasant? That was a bother for me. That's why I started crowding all my words. I praise you, God. Praise you, praise you, praise your name. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Just trying to crowd out some of the stupid things I said 20 <laughs> minutes ago. You know what I mean? Trying to overwhelm the dumb. You know, but... So he rises when that patchwork quilt arrives and they place it over his throne, his magnificent throne, and he sits down and he pulls it around himself. Look at this, he says. Never saw this one before. This is the first time this person ever lifted their voice in praise to my name. You don't think he doesn't notice that? This one I've seen many times. What a blessing every time I see it. Think about it. Think about what our master is doing when you lift your voice to praise him. Think about how it's affecting him. Forget about how it's affecting us. Think about how it's affecting the master. Does that plug him into you? Absolutely. Because it's the DNA. You're not singing from need. You're singing from DNA. Praise really is redeemed man singing to his God. But worship is God singing to himself through redeemed man. Because the Christ in me is shouting the praises of God. you got to fight with that king inside of you to shut him up when it comes time to praise God. you got to fight to not 
be an active worshiper. Am I making sense? Because the Christ in you is seriously working on that one. You can see him in there. You know, and I'm in the outside. Not Mervin me. <laughs> Anybody ever felt that? I know I have. From here, I see it lots of times. You're not moving me. Thank you. I'm happy to see you frozen in your seat. Thank you. So I begin to study some things, and that's one of my favorite things is to discover words that I didn't know before because of lots of reasons. And uh, Zephaniah 317, a real small book, not a small prophet, but a small book of prophecy. And Zephaniah said something very interesting. He said that God would, you know, that uh, he sings over us. Isn't that interesting? He rejoices over us and sings over us. The word, among my people, he said. So that means he comes among us. So they're prophesying, obviously, of Jesus when he was walking in the streets of Jerusalem. But what was really happening is he said, so I said, oh, man, he rejoices. What does that word mean? And, of course, that word is a Hebrew word, which means to whirl about wildly as if under the influence of a wild or a violent emotion. <laughs> I thought, boy, you, you going for it there, God. Oh, he dances over the mountains. So we have a pretty wild God, okay? That's a God that we serve. Is there any reason to serve a wild God with wild? You know what I mean? So Jesus comes and says, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what I hear the Father say. So in Luke 10, here's Jesus jumping around with his disciples. You know, I rejoice in you greatly, Father, that you have shown your wisdom to children, these little children here. It's a perfect God. There's a God. There's a God who knows what he's doing. He's going to reveal huge secrets. And I also watch Satan fall from heaven. That ain't worth a dance. But these guys right over here during doing their stuff, that's worth a dance. That's worth a freaking out. Okay, here we go. And so Jesus rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. Rejoice greatly means to whirl about wildly as if under the influence of a violent emotion. It's the same meaning. It's the same word. He's watching his father do the two-step over, over the kids getting something. They got something. Are you hearing me? So they got something from it. So the father, so I was determined to figure out what God sings like, because he sings over us. I don't know what I thought. My people, my people. I don't know what I thought God would sound like. Do you see what I mean? Because we only know that his voice sounds like many waters. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It's a little like white noise. You know what I mean? It's just, just, just uh, thousands of frequencies. So I looked it up. And the word uh, sings over us in Hebrew is a Hebrew word, rena. Renin, renin, renin. I can't pronounce it. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't know if I knew how to say it anyway. So, but <laughs> what it means... What it means is to make a, a stridulous, which means a creaking, grating noise. So God, in his joy, is going, that's what's going on in heaven. I thought, that's too weird. So when I started to look at this, in the music business, I'm trying to attach, I'll make sense out of this in two minutes. 
uh, in the music business, there was a thing called SMPTE timecode. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, don't raise your hands all at once. I'll explain it if you're okay with it. SMPTE is uh, spelled S-M-P-T-E, SMPTE. Uh, and when you have a video camera and you have music recorded on two different machines, the SMPTE is a noise that attaches the two machines so they operate perfectly together in synchronization with each other. It's called SMPTE time code. Making sense? And if you've ever listened to SMPTE time code, because I've occasionally plugged in the wrong thing and plugged in the SMPTE into the speakers, it goes, ah, it's making this awful, awful noise. It's a terrible, terrible noise. And when I found out that God goes, ah, he is singing a SMPTE time code to bring us into synchronization with him. Is that making sense? And I went, whoa, that's what that means. And then when the onslaught of digital, which I have my complaints about uh, in my life, because uh, I'm old and I think analog is cooler, but that's only because I'm old. It uh, has nothing to do with what is actually cooler. It just has to do with being older. So get over it. You know what I mean? Um, it's okay to be older. Duh. Uh, uh, uh. So I thought. Uh, and but understanding the concept and the process of recording is a very is is very uh, helps me in a lot of times because I always see it as a spiritual event. And so what I understood or don't didn't understand before that when a CD as an example is made, it is made through a process called encoding. And if you could actually hear what's on a CD, it is ah, that's what's actually on the CD prior to being decoded. You understand that? So a CD player decodes what has been encoded through these terrible sounding frequencies. And then we hear it decoded and we go, oh, music. <laughs> Do you understand that? So what's happening from the heavens, there's an encoding of precisely who you are, what we are, what we're meant to be, and where we're going, and how it's going, how well it's going as we're going to where we're going sent as an encoder and here on earth is a decoder and that decoder will frequently come from here that's called the 24 bowl answer to your prayer making sense did i lose you anywhere in that is it too weird back there so we have 24 elders surrounding god they have harps they have bowls of incense. I'm guessing that they're real good harp players. What do you think? They surround God, they're probably hot. Those guys can probably really play. The interesting part about music is there's 12 notes to one scale. There's eight notes in a scale, but it takes 12 notes to complete an octave. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Because of this. <laughs> Eleven, and the last note is the twelfth, which is an octave to the first. So two octaves is twenty-four notes. Happens to be twenty-four elders. The human voice averages two octaves. It lives within two octaves. 
example, higher for women, lower for men. But the average lives within those two octaves. So God decided to restrict what he heard through prayer and through music to what our voices could reproduce. He decided not to have instruments that were subsonic or supersonic and, uh, you know, go up in the ozone because we couldn't, uh, my voice couldn't reproduce it. Do you understand that? So when I open my mouth to praise and prayer, which are the one and the same, by the way, that I'm activating a bowl of incense. Golden bowls have tone. Understand that? Uh, and so what does a bowl of incense look like when it's full of prayers? Got like little slips of paper in there or something? What's in there? What's in the bowls? So it's bowls of incense. Well, how did it become how did a prayer become incense? Do you understand? Which had was what it required to get there. So the prayer becomes it has ingredients to incense. And no incense is acceptable to God until the Holy Spirit has added an ingredient. Do you know that? So in the tabernacle time when they would make incense for worship, they would prepare it with several oils and several things that prepared the incense. Every time the incense was lit, another fragrance was in the mess that they didn't put in, knowing the Holy Spirit has to add an ingredient to your praise to make it acceptable to God. Does that make sense? That means rejecting him is a reasonably bad idea because that means you're rejecting the ingredients it requires to make your praise acceptable. Is that okay? So now we got this whole scene. You got the scene, what's going on? So we begin to praise and we begin to pray in our prayers. Jesus saying to the money changers, you've made my father's house into a house of robbers. My father's house is a house of prayer. Do you remember that? Scripture. He's quoting Isaiah, and I, in Isaiah, when the word prayer is used, it's tefillah, not tequilah or tehillah. It is tefillah, P-H. Um, and that means to sing your prayers before God in formal worship. That's its literal meaning. So Jesus is saying, my Father's house is a place you can sing your prayers to him. And when you do that, you're activating one of the bowls of the 24 notes of your vocal range. Do you think one bowl is going off, or do you think multiple bowls are going off? Probably multiple. And it's probably going off in a structured sort of melody. God begins to make that beautiful sound he makes. They pick up their hearts, harps and begin to play what he is saying, which is what he's singing is the answer to every one of those prayers. There is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. I know everybody in the room probably can have an argument on that subject, but there is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. The time of the answer, that's another story, but there is an answer if you have the faith and the patience to wait. Most of us live in our future, or our history is messing up our future, but we're never living in the I am, which means present. So God's name is I'm present. It means he's now. So if you're looking for an answer in the future, you're making a mistake. Am I making sense? So how's the answer going to get here? Well, he sent 
it through sound back to the planner. And praise will often be the answer to that prayer the more you enter into it spiritually to praise him in spirit and truth. Remember? Make sense? Is that too weird? So that's happening in any worshiping church. Any church that lifts their voice before the living God and cries out to him in their need and in their blessing. Got to cry out to God in both, by the way. Don't cry out to God in just your need. Cry out to him in your blessing. It's just as loud a cry when I'm blessed. I cry just as loud when he's merciful to me than when I need mercy. And so the change that's coming cannot be overlooked. You've got to see what God is doing to you. And he's changing something in you I don't think you understand, but you will. <laughs> that's the good news. So know that today there's tones going off in the heavens when you lift your voice. And every prayer, it's in your heart, because it isn't the prayer of my mouth that changes God's heart. It's the prayer of my heart that changes his heart and gets him to hear me. Making sense? <laughs> Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. To bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, Opening of prisons to those who are bound To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor And the day of vengeance of our God To comfort all who mourn To grant to those who mourn in Zion To give them Instead of ashes and the oil of gladness, instead of mourning and a garment of praise, instead of a faint Strangers shall stand and tend 
Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers, but you shall be called priests of God, and they shall speak of you as ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of Instead of your shame, you shall be double portion, double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double portions everlasting joy for the Lord loves justice Yeah. 
good. Yeah. Thank you and bless you guys. Amen. 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 Let's give him. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.